Hello there, neighbors. Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You, the podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Schufreiter. Today, we have actor, choreographer, violence designer, and the world's nicest badass, Chloe Baldwin. Currently, at the time when I was uh, recording this conversation with Chloe, uh, she literally had her opening night for being one of the understudies in Goodman Theater's The Notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci. And, uh, of course, when I heard about that, I messaged her if she wanted to come onto the show, and it was a resounding yes. So we did this conversation at 8 in the morning uh, on a Wednesday. It will come up multiple times, so just heads up. And we talked so much about Shakespeare, about violins, Legos galore. He enjoyed my conversation with Chloe Baldwin. Hello. Hi, Chloe. Hi, how's it going? Great. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. Right. So we were just talking before you just had opening uh, for the, the, uh, the, 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 the launch show, the notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and you called it return to normal for you. Um, was that the closest thing to normal for you in a long time? Yeah, it's like the, the best kind of normal, like the normal that idealizing Chloe 10 year old would have been like, if that could be the normal of my life, I will die happy. So it's it's like normal, but the best version of normal, if that makes sense. Yeah, and even for a show like this, which is a revival, and it's this original piece, um, is it true they had original members of the crew? Like from- Yes. The, yeah, how long has this show been going on for? It's been a long time, right? Yeah, it's crazy. So they did a version in 1994 and most of the designers came back. So we had like the same set designer, the same sound designer, composers, like two composers working on this show, which is insane. And like they so they had some of the original music. They made some new music. Um, one of the cast members is the original cast member. And he's he's a badass. He has some of the best core strength of anyone I've ever met in my life. Right. And is it true yeah. you, guys were, you guys would watch the old version on tape and take notes of like what you saw, how it might be different? Yeah, it was fascinating because so we would be watching it and Mary Zimmerman, the, the director, would like she she would be like, OK, wait, we should pause this or turn down the volume so that you, you guys don't have to worry about like getting line readings from this original cast. But it was it was fascinating, like we, a lot of the movement pieces, especially we would watch through there's this big transition um that, that you'll know like two-thirds of the way through where all these strings get set up all over yeah. the set um and so we I can't I, I'm sure Mary spent hours at home watching it and so did our assistant directors and our, our stage management and we did too and but then we'd come in and spend even more time just trying to figure out like how did they do this in such a short amount of time? Like, you know, just, it, it was like, see, trying to repiece together this, this piece of this thing that's, that's been happening. Like, cause they, they did it and then they went on tour for a little while, but then I don't think the show has been put up for a number of years. So it was kind of, it was really cool seeing them like revisit this and like put this thing back on its feet. That's incredible. And have the audience, I'm sure it's a, and I've seen it, I've seen it twice and you know, my first time seeing it, I'm like, okay, this is brand new for me. Um, and then seeing it again, I'm like, okay, now I know what's going on here. Um, what has been your favorite part of having an audience again? Oh my God. Um, just remembering what it's like to have a relationship between the artists on stage and the audience and how that changes it every night. And especially like audiences are a little bit 
weirder than they were a couple of years ago because people right. kind of forgot how to be normal mm-hmm. so like people will people will like there's this there's this one moment where um like people are getting measured on stage and there's this one kind of like funny thing where it's like oh is is, is this one character gonna measure something kind of scandalous on this guy and I heard this woman the other day go oh like just from this one little string flick moment I was like oh my god it was it's just wild like how kind of out of their shell people are in this weird way that like it helps people connect to the audience even more it's kind of it's kind of magical and I think I yeah it's just it every night is so different especially with such an abstract show like this it's just yeah it's just magical it's really nice I feel like I need to do like a research paper now on like observations of audience members. Uh, you know, I work at the Goodman, so I've been, like I've seen every show they've done this season. So, and I have to, you know, we're on Mass Patrol right now, so I'm watching every audience, and everyone's different. But it will go from the most silent audience to people making effects, or oh, I like that, or oh, or they're grabbing their spouse or something. I feel like at this point, like. Yeah, a, a paper is in need right now, you know? Yeah, no, I, you should definitely write a research paper because, I, like, people are so unbridled. I want to almost say unhinged right now, but unhinged in the best way. But it, it, it's all worth it in the end. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it, it, I, I feel like people can feel like they can be more genuine. We're a little bit um, deprogrammed from the way we used to be. Right. Well, speaking of these uh, relationships, uh, let's talk about you as a child growing up in Chicago. Great segue, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. So, well, how would you define yourself as a child uh, before, you know, knowing how you got started in theater? Oh, my God. I was very, very extroverted and like, I was also the kind of child who would wear like three different patterns in one outfit. Um, I was, I could never decide on like one specific thing to like be or do or like, um, or any of that. But I, I, I just like, I've always loved people. I I was the kind of person in a restaurant who would like go up to strangers, families, and my family would be like, where did she go and find me at someone else's table, making a new friend um very like and, and then like you know became big old theater nerd I was obsessed with Wicked um all those all those kind of things like just oh and I love to be outside too like that was that was always big was like I just want to I just want to be outside all the time um and I played soccer I loved soccer too where did you get this energy from was are your parents very energetic people that's a great question. I think, yes, they definitely are. Like they're, I, I'm trying to think like my dad is such an extroverted person too. He's, he, he's like a, he'll remember everyone's names that he meets and he'll like make friends with people in a taxi. And my mom is also like, she's just like the sweetest person. She worked as a, a Starbucks barista for a long time. Oh. And it was like such oh. a great job for her just in the, like being kind to people in the morning kind of thing. Like I, I think like like, I, I think that I'm a true extrovert in that, like, I get my energy from other people. Uh, so is it true that, though, uh, you're the spark for theater for you, you went to your friend's summer camp, you saw a show that they were doing, um, and that kind of just really all made sense for you, this is something you wanted to do? Yeah, it's it's actually so funny you bring that up, because I was just thinking about that last night at the show, because 
the, one of the things that I remember specifically about that summer camp show was there, there was this part that was like, kind of like the, the whole stage got dark and the whole, the whole thing just felt very kind of morbid and dark and um, ethereal in a way. It was, it was this train sequence about time. And like, I just remember how the whole audience felt affected by that. And I loved how, you know, just something that was made up could change everybody in the room. It felt like a spell or something like that. And I was thinking about that with with the show last night, how just like in every Mary Zimmerman play I've seen, like just feels like a spell. And I think there's there's something about that that feels kind of outside of life. Like there's there's something kind of different about about theater where you can change the energy in a room in a, in a way that never would have happened on its own and, and kind of take you into a whole other universe where you have different rules. And, and I, I think sometimes with life, I, I feel like, like, oh yeah, okay, I know the rules. Yeah, boring, okay, whatever. But then when you get into this like slightly parallel universe where like the rules are, if I drop coins into your hand, they fall on the ground or like whatever, whatever it is, or like the rules are, you know, where it, it, it just feels like being a kid and pretending and that makes it feel like there's so many more possibilities in the world. And I, I guess that's kind of a, a tangent going off of that, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, there's, that was kind of the magic for me. That's definitely stuck around. Do you remember what show is it? Do you remember the show? I don't remember. It was like some, it was some sort of like kids musical where like all the, sh all the songs didn't quite relate to each other. So okay. there were all these different kind of vignettes. It almost felt like it was, each story felt different and that was the one that was like dark and twisty maybe you're in kind of a nightmare time is confusing but they were all like about time in some way all we have is time so you knew you had to get on from there you know exactly right and then so then so then after that so then you and your brother because you would do these home videos and i have to know uh petzilla <laughs> this which sounds like the greatest thing <laughs> in the world uh what was this and what what was the inspiration for it I'm so honored that you know about Pepsilla um it was <laughs> it was my magnum opus for sure so the, the tragic ending of Pepsilla is that it got recorded over by someone's like band recital or something no but when it lived when it when it had its brief time on this earth it was it was we built this huge lego city in the basement um and we had this miniature schnauzer and like, we just released her into the city and then like recorded the little Lego people's reactions. Like it, we would have a wide shot and then we'd like get in and the Lego, like the Lego people had these complex interwoven lives that we would be making up as those lives were getting destroyed. <laughs> Wait a minute. So what you did, the you were the original Lego movie before any of the other products <laughs> came out. So I think you're just doing the company right now and get this back up there. The only problem is I don't have the proof because all I have is a band recital. <laughs> but it's there. I think just send in the script. That's it. That's I hope it's all in crayon and in like the paper shredded. Stickers. Yeah, no, I think it's real. I think they would believe it. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I can get my royalties. <laughs> <laughs> up until then was it just you want to do theater or was it just some kind of creative uh 
project that you just wanted to do for the rest of your life? I think as soon as I saw that play, it made it feel like, like it kind of, it gave me that realization of like, oh, all the people in movies that are doing that are also doing this. And I've always kind of been that person that when people are like, oh, do you like theater or film? It's always been like, oh, I like both, like all of it. I just love acting. But I, I think that specifically it's always, I've always been drawn to performance because I always like I was like doing, I was like being in it. I was like, um, uh, just, just anything, like it kind of goes back to the soccer thing, like anything visceral, anything where like, I'm, I'm in the game. It feels like that's, that's where I like to be. And, uh, wherever that, that is, whether it's like film or theater, like it's, it, it just makes me so happy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Some of your favorite roles had been like the one pirate guy in Peter Pan and Wendy. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a big one for me because it like brought stage combat into my life, which has been such a huge like joy and like thing that has been a good outlet for me um, as like a a place to put some of my some of my rage, which has been great. Um, And also just as a a really awesome, like visceral storytelling medium. so yeah, I, yeah, it, and like it introduced me to my mentors who I then followed around for all of college and uh, got to, you know, carry their swords and learn about how to be a fight choreographer. And it's just, it's just had such a huge impact on my life. So yeah, yeah, shout out to Starkey the pirate because that changed, changed the course of my life. I, I have to know, is Starkey, like, did you come up with the name or is that in the script? It was in the script. He's the I first mate. Although, although I did come up with, like we were backstage and they're like, okay, yeah, do do your makeup, maybe make yourself a little dirty. And I just made a giant scar through one eye. I was like, Starkey's Starkey's hardcore. Let's go. <laughs> when I did Wait Until Dark in college, they cast me as Policeman One. And of course, like I had to get the entire two-page bio out and give him a whole name. And I grew a beard, but of course, like that whole scene is in the dark, but I knew the beard was so, it was, it, it was worth it. Like I was Jefferson Steel Flag the third, and I believe in America, which was like the most 60s <laughs> patriarch thing I could think of for whatever this play was. No one cared. The director was trying his best, but I was like, no, 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 no. He's the heart and soul of this play. No matter I what. love that so much though like I because I, I feel like it it is that like you knew you know like we're still in some ways those little kids playing in our room that like you know we we make up the rules we make up the lego backstories even as the <laughs> cities are getting destroyed except for that character was he oh we cannot read a room then because if I was a child playing that and I come in at the end it's like where is everybody why is this person dead? Dead. This is dark. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great. Oh my oh, God. So, you, like acting, this, did your parents think this might have been a passing phase of you and then you would kind of figure it out? No. When you told them that you wanted no. to do this all time, they're like, all right, go for it. Honestly, yeah. I, I feel, I think one of the things I've been luckiest with in my entire life is that I've had parents that have always been really supportive of this. Like I was definitely the one kind of driving the boat and being like, like, oh, I want to go to this crazy arts camp in Northern Michigan for six weeks this summer. I'll save up the money. Like, and they were like, 
what don't do don't do that and I was like I already applied and they were like okay I guess well this is fine um but but like truly like they've they've been there throughout every every step I I they always say that it's because I was so clearly like drawn to this and like this was clearly the thing that I was you know meant to do or fell in love with or however you want to say it but um but you know they they've been so supportive of me and my siblings is very different interests for, from each other. And I, I think that they've just, I think they were always kind of built different. <laughs> it's kind of built to be supportive of, of whatever we were going to do. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And like, you know, I, I went to DePaul and, you know, they supported me going to like my, my, I remember my dad going downtown with me to like all my different college auditions, which was like such a good memory. And he came to my opening last night, which was great, you know, and, and my grandparents too, like just my whole extended family has always been like crazy supportive. And I, I think part of it's been because it's like, there was nothing else that, you know, drew me. It's, it's like always been, it's just always been this thing that I've loved and, but I think at the same time, they're just, you know, wildly caring, loving people that, you know, saw saw this spark. And rather than going, that's scary, ah, run away from it. They were like, let's just let's just fan this little thing into a flame, like follow, follow your dream. And um, yeah, and I, I have a lot of friends who haven't had that experience. And it's just um, I just feel very lucky for that. Yeah, that's interesting because most like, you know, when I told them I wanted to do at the time radio, they were like, okay, what, what is this? And then they like you, they, they were scared, but they were like, okay, I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, and even till this day, they're still scared of whatever I'm doing next. And, and even though I'm well, like, I have my own place and financially I'm okay. I think it's just the parent's job just to be nervous. I'm, I, I'm like, are your parents ever concerned about whatever you do? in terms of I, I think I think when it comes to the rest of my life yes but when it comes to uh, <laughs> knowing that this is the thing that I that I should be doing there one, one thing my dad said when I graduated college that I, I think that I, you know what I think the secret is that they're definitely scared like I remember my mom told me even like the first time I had a big role in a musical she was like I like what if everything falls apart what if she can't sing I've never seen her sing before what if she forgets all her lines like she's only a sophomore what if like you know what's gonna happen um but she didn't tell me that till afterwards and I think that's kind of the thing is they've always been like we're scared but we're not gonna let you know because it might might throw you off so we'll just we'll just keep it all right here (laughs) um but yeah I think I think uh I don't know yeah like but I think both of them kind of have always had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit too so they they're uh more open to risk in some ways i think than than people are sometimes which which has also helped and you, you kind of answered for me but i'm curious because you know i've done rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead and my parents are very excited of like oh look he's gonna play one of these uh big bigger parts and then they come see it and it's like oh we have a clown ensemble and it's not and that's completely not what we're expecting are your parents okay with the projects you choose or is or is some of them brand new for them yeah that I think they're they've been super great about it like they're they're very supportive 
even in the the ways, even in the times where I'm like, are you, are you guys going to like this? Is this like the, the thoughts that always go through my head are like, is this going to be too weird for you? Am I doing too many scandalous things in this? Like those are the worries that I always have. But um, so far, nothing I've done has phased them, which is pretty, pretty cool. I think they're very, um, I think they, the, <laughs> even the ones that they, they're like, you don't totally understand that, but you did a good job. Or like, you know, we didn't totally get that, but I thought this part was interesting. <laughs> they're, they're always, they're always extremely positive, which is super sweet. I, I feel like I always know that they'll, they'll be my fans. And like, I mean, even with stuff like, you know, I've, I've played roles that have been pretty sexual or like roles where like, I mean, I played Medea, I killed my children, like just lots of things and my, my dad will say things like you know like well you know it's it speaks to the dark side in all of us or like you know things like uh you know like we like or my mom be like you know like we we probably should be a little more sexually liberated as a society wow i know wait that that got a reaction out of me that was incredible uh, i would where did they did your grandparents are they were they like that as well do you think that's where they got it from I, I think so. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Because when I think about my grandparents' reactions to things, like, I feel like they've had similar kind of things to say, you know, it's, it's, it definitely feels like a, a family thing. I, you know, like it, we're definitely like, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we're definitely like, I, I think one strength of my family is like being open-minded is being like, you know, kind of, trusting trusting that things don't have to be a specific way in order for you to be happier in order to to put something good into the world I guess right so you go to Paul and you know you you essentially told your professors you want to stalk them for the four years and figure out like what you wanted to do where did the fight combat in your life come back uh I know Mr. Sandys was your teacher or your professor, I should say. Um, what? How did you get involved in that? Oh, it was great. So, so the people that I told I wanted to stop were so that they were the fight choreographers for Starkey, for Starkey the pirate with a giant scar. So I, I literally told told them I was like, okay, when I get to college, if I'm in college here, can I follow you around? And they were like, yes. And then I was like, okay, I'm in college here, can I follow you around? And they were like, yes. <laughs> so I every every moment pretty much that I wasn't in class or rehearsal that I had an evening free I would be just you know showing up to wherever whatever theater or like um university that they were working at and uh and work with them and just assist like it it started as me carrying swords but then it became like okay Chloe what do you what do you think about that what would you do there and they were just such good mentors um and you know eventually by the time I graduated college you know, I kind of graduated from this like apprenticeship that, you know, we'd kind of made up as we went along. And um, I was, you know, choreographing, assistant choreographing like scenes. So like, you know, if they were choreographing a show, they'd be like, hey, here, choreograph this scene and like, you know, see see what it feels like to, to do that. And um, and so that was like the main way that I, I learned. But then I'd also, towards the end of my college career, started choreographing things for my, for my college, like, you know, not the big shows, but just whatever I was in, or like, if other students were creating something. And then I started doing it professionally in like super small places. And then I started working with uh, a theater company called Babes with Blades. Yeah. That I 
freaking love. Um, and, you know, being in their shows, uh, assistant choreographing a little bit, and also just like having all of these mentors, because my, my two mentors in college were these, these two guys who are just like the most, again, like surrounded in my life with open-minded people, open-minded, lovely, never saw me as like, oh, well, she's a girl, like mm -hmm. opposite, if anything, just wanted to empower me all the more. Um, which was, which was awesome in, in its own different way, but then having these role models that were also women to look up to that were fight people was super cool in a totally different way. Um, so that was great. And, and then also being at school, I got certified in SAFD and like a whole bunch of different weapons. Um, and I really liked working with Nick Sands. He like, you know, he gave me a, a different perspective that, um, was like, I think, meticulous is the word that I would use like looking at things really specifically and and doing that um and uh and it was it was really fun to kind of there, there were points at which I was working with Rick and Vic and then also is taking Nick's class and kind of bouncing things off of Nick versus bouncing them off Rick and Vic and like seeing what their perspectives are on things it was so much fun um but yeah like just kind of like going along um becoming a uh, like a fighter and then becoming a choreographer um and yeah it's it's been a really cool journey I think the place where I'm at it at with it right now is like the thing I want to do most is like fight in things like whether it's film or theater like I just want to be using my body and like doing all of that stuff and um so it's 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 always fun to like have this have this thing that sometimes is a thing that makes me money and sometimes it's a thing that feels like an artistic outlet and sometimes it's a thing where it's like I want to get in there and like do that and and I feel like that with acting too like there's always these different ways to approach it that always keeps it interesting mm -hmm. yeah I don't have an answer <laughs> I like um also I like that in the makers of Vanya Sasha Martian Spike we have Brick, Vic, Nick and Chloe which is great I think we just found it, I, which is great. I hope I, I just, it just came to my head right now. I think that's fantastic. I can't wait. I love that so much. That's, I need like a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll, really we'll, it. We'll work on it. It'll, it'll, it'll come on the website. Uh, so, <laughs> so and I, I, we were talking more about Shakespeare and you, you know, you said you were doing it from a kid um, a long time. Um, what is it about Shakespeare that, that you love i know you do the podcast with it i know you've done as you like it winter's tale and all that what is it about shakespeare that really inspires you i love that it tries while acknowledging that it's fallible to articulate human emotion in a complicated messy way that we are because i think that's the thing that still resonates so strongly is that humans are so messy and that can be funny in the comedies. It can be tragic in the tragedies. Um, but it, within all of that, there's, there's just so much complexity to who we are. And I think we try to reduce that into like, you know, identity or a social media platform or like, you know, just in the simple questions that we ask each other, like, you know, how are you? I'm good. Like, it's like, it, you know, I, I, I wish sometimes that we could answer each other with like, you know, I'm feeling kind of sunshine 
but there's a cloud moving in from the east that reminds me of my childhood and this one specific memory that like the that's who we actually are is like these complicated collages of people and that's what I love about Shakespeare is that it it speaks to that thing that I think we talk around a lot of the time and that makes me feel connected to other people mm. is there a specific production that you really feel that connection with the people that's a good question I it's funny because I the one that comes to mind right with me right now is Midsummer Night's Dream mm-hmm. with just the chaotic mess that is romantic relationships and like how people decide who they're attracted to or don't or like maybe I'm in love with the, maybe I like think this person's super hot even though they have a donkey head or like you know maybe this person that spurned me like I still am in love with even though they don't love me back and now all of a sudden they love me again like like we are just chaos when it comes to romance uh as a species and I think I I, that one that one totally speaks to me of like wow we have we have no idea what we're doing with this do we (laughs) (laughs) but it's all it's all about what's on the inside you know yeah exactly right so speaking speaking of inside so you know so some people play some of the greatest roles of all time whether it's Shakespeare or not and I know you played the woman in black for a long time is it true that in the program they didn't have in the in the program they didn't have your headshot or bio until the very end because they wanted the audience to sort of guess if you were real or this just was uh, a visual or something yeah literally they would hand out my headshot and bio at the door on the way out and like because the whole thing was like are is she real because when when I would come in especially at first like it's dark in that theater and the first entrance that I would have would be through the house and I would like and like it was like my of course my costume is black and the theater is like black and I'm brushing by people and like people would scream just from my little dress brushing the side of their arm in their chair and um yeah it was it was so cool uh but yeah that's exactly what would happen it was it was nuts it was such a such a unique experience because like when when else do you get to like scare the pants off people and and like have a have, like it just such a it's such a specific thing it's so cool and you were doing that for what six months eight months yeah I think it was like between six and I think it was probably eight months yeah yeah do you have a favorite audience was it from Chicago Cleveland Seattle that's a great question I think, um, well, one of the, one of the cool things was in, when we were in Pasadena, we were at the Pasadena Playhouse, Mm -hmm. which is rumored to be super haunted. Um, so I think people were already kind of primed for it there. Um, but also like Seattle had a very strangely cozy house, even though it was big. So this, the way that, this sounds so funny, but the way that the screams would track through the audience, like the way that it kind of rippled out was really awesome there for some reason. Like specifically Seattle, like the way that the audience started, like, um, like it, it was like a, a like seismic activity, like the way that that would happen felt super natural in that house for some reason. That's awesome. And I, I wonder if just Chicago audiences are just used to the utter weirdness or the other dark stuff that we produce because you know it's all about rock and roll theater 
here in Chicago. Totally. totally. Yeah. Chicago is so like gritty and grounded. I, I, uh, I think, um, like people, I think that I've heard most, the most like, oh, I still think about that show reactions from people that live here, but that might just be because I know the most people that live here. Like I know that I'm in touch with less people that live in Seattle. That's awesome. And let's, we can talk about your, your web series. Um, what, so coming up with that, writing, directing, acting, um, has this been a personal project for you for a long time or what made you want to start it? Yeah, it's, it's been a big deal in my life. Like, so I, I came up with this idea and then I pitched it to my best friend, Savannah. Um, and I was like, I want to play the Rosalind to your Celia lady. And, and I was like, I want to play this role so bad because, you know, it has to do with all these things about, you know, gender and like, and identity. And it's, it's again, every human being is chaos and we need to speak to this like as, as a, in play form, um, as the thing that I love about Shakespeare. Um, and, but I was like, I, I, there were a couple of reasons for wanting to do it. One of them was like, I think people feel like Shakespeare is inaccessible sometimes. And I wanted to create something that felt like that could kind of trick you um, of like, oh, this is a romantic comedy set in Chicago and it's like queer and awesome. And like that, wow, how fun. And then it's like, surprise, it's been Shakespeare all along. Like, you know, and, and then it's like, oh, like these stories are are relevant and interesting. And like, what like what else can we do with them? And I think that's the question that I, I hope people ask once they are revealed, once it's revealed that it's actually Shakespeare. Cause when you watch it, you're not like, oh, this is Shakespeare but I guess I get it. You're like, oh, this is a, this is a romantic comedy. Oh, it's Shakespeare. Wow. Interesting. It's like me sneaking vegetables into little kids's food. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then pretty soon after we started writing it, I got cast as Rosalind, which speaks to the very strange manifesty powers of the universe. Um, and the production that we were doing, um, they're, they cast a woman as Orlando and I loved that dynamic and I also loved my co-star and I loved the whole cast so I ended up like really kidnapping a lot of them to be in the web series which was really fun just to like get to work with with them again um really like the only people that like we didn't cast in the web series were people that we had already cast you know what I mean so like it was like the whole cast and then people that we'd already worked like decided we were going to work with um and uh it was cool to like have that other project influence this one. And, and it, it just kind of snowballed in a really great way. Like I, I, I'd never been a filmmaker before that. I, um, I had never produced anything. Um, it, it, the other kind of impetus for wanting to make it was I wanted to have something that I had some control over that I, you know, had some power as a, as an artist and like, I wanted to feel empowered to tell the story that I wanted to tell and um it was really cool to be able to to do that and it like you know ever since it's kind of given me a feeling that I have I have more agency than than I think you know we're we're kind of it's implied to us as, as actors that we should have and um uh so yeah the, so that that was a kind of crazy experience like you know just having to coordinate everything while I was on tour with Woman in Black that was when 
I came up with a schedule, which was kind of crazy. I was like calling, I was calling, you know, my friend Aja, I was calling my friend Tim and just like, I would have a full conversation with them about like, what is your schedule for the next few months? You know, what, like, what is your work? Like, what is this? Like, you know, how, what's your transportation like, you know? And so then based on that, we figured out what our locations were. Um, I had some favors from fight choreography that I pulled in to like get us a boxing gym. Like, we, you know, it was just like all this crazy stuff. It, the, I think the funniest one was the diner that I just walked into and was like, I'm making a film I'm pretty young. Can I come film it here? Like just, just straight up walked in and was like, uh, hi. And they were like, yeah, just come at a time when it's not busy. How about 2 a.m.? And I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Hey, you want to do a podcast interview? Sure, let's do it tomorrow, eight a.m. Let's just we'll just see what we'll just see what happens. Open-minded, spontaneous. Open-minded. Yeah, that's. I hope you know that's not a day. I hope you know that's not a day. No, oh no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. it. Feels like the opposite. That feels like what my entire life is. Is just like like oh, a crazy new adventure. Let's go. It's like the perfect way to start my day. I'm so happy right now. Oh, it's per- that's perfect. You know, you know, I we were we, we've been talking, and you know, I, I like the ideas of how you know we sort of change, and these bigger themes and bigger um, ideas come into our head and our minds. Like for you, it's been you know gender and leadership and different kind of roles. Um, you know, I, you know I, when I was in college, and I sort of figured out like you know uh, vulnerability and um, status and all that, and something probably. I know, I know for me, my sick, my parents probably won't fully understand. Like I said, when we do, when I did Rosencrantz, when we have two women as our leads, as opposed to two males, and that's something different for them. Or if I do a reading and we uh, gender bend it the entire time. And they're like, well, that, that, why? Are your parents fully like on board with the ideas and themes that you have, you have presented for yourself? Yeah, so definitely. Like they've been, it, it's so, it's really, it's truly wild. Like they, they've been so open-minded. Like they, um, I'm trying to think like, like they, uh, like they'll ask questions like that sometimes. Like they'll, they'll ask things like, like, well, you know what, why did they do that? Or like, what, what's that about? But it always, it always comes from a place of like genuine curiosity. And I feel like that goes along with like so many people that feel like the reason why I tell stories, which is like, you know, it, uh, pe- sometimes people just aren't exposed to something or like, you know, they, they have to see something new to understand like what it is. And if it's your first time seeing something, you might be like, well, I don't, what is that? You know? And I, I, I think sometimes we get caught up in, in like, well, everybody should know this already. Or like, you should figure it out and you should Google it and you should do your research. But I think that there's, there's a place for that for sure. But I think at the same time, like, some sometimes like people just don't know stuff and and it's it um I think as long as we can be open enough to learn new things because like you know I, I I think that's that's one of the things that always both like excites me and scares me about getting older is like knowing knowing more things but then I don't want to trust that I know all the things or that I know enough that I don't need to learn anymore you know I I think that that's something that I really admire about my parents is like they're they are open to continuing to learn and I think that's something that I admire about a lot of a lot of mentors I've had too like I feel like like 
you know, Rick and Vic are like that. Like, I, I think that those are the kind of people that I, I'm drawn to. And I, I think that, I think that more people are, are more open than we realize. Mm-hmm. But don't you love that? Cause again, going back to my time at college, you know, I think any artist is never done learning no matter how old you are, you know, and it, well, it's, and while I love all my mentors, you know, you, you can see that some of them still are like, no, 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 no. I know everything and you still don't. Like when I became a teacher in college for my, when I was I student taught, I told my yeah. students like, I don't know all the answers and this is, and I'm coming from a certain perspective. So don't feel alarmed if I ask questions or if I don't know something. I think yeah. that's great. We're never, it never stops even after, you know, this, even after we graduate college, like the work just never stops. Uh, for oh, us. That's, that's huge. I, I'm sure that makes such a big difference for your students because I, I feel like all the, the professors and teachers that I've had that have done that, it's like, it just, it changes the whole dynamic. It, it, and it makes them less fearful too. Yeah. And where's that vulnerability? And, uh, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up and we go to this game, I have to know, you call yourself the ultimate warrior and the ultimate badass. Um, and, I'm, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you probably think of yourself as a badass your entire life. Um, how have you changed from the littlest badass to the biggest badass in your life? I'm, I'm honored. I, uh, I, I think that I, this is going to sound cheesy, but I think that it's, this is how I genuinely feel. The, I think the most badass thing you can do is be brave enough to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I, it's something that like, you know, <laughs> to be vulnerable, I, even to be, even to be as badass as you can is to know that you can't be vulnerable all the time. You just need to keep trying mm-hmm. and like to be brave enough to put yourself out there. Like, cause I think that's the scariest thing is like being brave enough to be yourself and put yourself out there and say like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And, um, I think I'm still working on that. And I, I think the pursuit of that is the badass thing as opposed to just like, I'm badass. I wake up every day and I eat badass for breakfast and I'm badass for lunch and dinner, which, you know, I think in some ways we wish we could all be, we wish we could be the thing that we think Dwayne the Rock Johnson is. But, uh, but I think, um, I think, I think trying, trying to be badass and not in a, I'm hardcore and I have no feelings kind of way, but in a, like, you know what? I do have feelings. Right. I have a lot of them and they scare me sometimes and I'm going to face them anyway. I think. I think that's what being a badass is to me. Well, speaking of feeling, uh, we're about to see what your feelings are about this game. Uh, this game is called Time for Two. Two minutes on the clock. Two mi- minutes of random icebreaker questions. Uh, no right, no wrong. Just want to see what your opinion is. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. To be or not to be? To be, for sure. Stairs or elevators? escalator uh, hit the treadmill or hit the couch Ooh, uh couch for sure favorite kind of grandma's cookies Ooh, chocolate chip uh maybe with walnuts ac or dc dc stevie nicks or stevie wonder nicks jack or jill jack who's bringing sexy back everybody <laughs> 
What Disney film best describes your life? Mulan. If not this, what other occupation? Uh, astronaut. Jimmy John's or Subway? Jimmy John's, for sure. What's the best way to spend a rainy afternoon? Reading a book on the back porch uh, that's open and you can watch the rainfall and you have a book light. Ah. <laughs> How do you spell theater? R-E or E-R? R-E. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, the police. <laughs> Favorite Richard? Oh, uh, Richard, <laughs> not Nixon. Um, Richard... Uh, uh, Tanya Richards, who's a, a, a diversity coordinator in Chicago. Nice. How much malarkey is a bunch of malarkey? Oh, eight pounds. Uh, 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 pets, yes or no? Always dogs, all of them, snakes. Favorite kind of tea? Ooh, uh, mint. Are babysitters good or evil? Good. Favorite president? <laughs> I keep thinking of Nixon, Obama. Uh, toaster oven or regular oven? <laughs> toaster oven. Uh, if you moved to Sesame Street, who would you want as your neighbor? Big Bird. Yeti or Hydro Flask? Yeti. Buzz or Woody? Oh, Woody. And that's how we play Time for Two. <laughs> I know we have no winners, but I think you win for the most questions we've ever done in Time for Two. So that was impressive. Um, I'm so happy. That was, I love games like that. I love like, like immediate first thought go. No, I love it. I, I, I'm going to definitely listen back and see how many we've done. So I, I think that was a lot, but that was incredible. Uh, this has been so much fun, but Chloe, but before we go, I need to know, uh, I think I know the answer. Are your parents proud of you? Yes. Yes. Oh, that was awesome. Marvin Chloe, and Amy, they're the best. <laughs> Chloe, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to see The Notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci, it runs all the way through March. Go to goodmantheater.org and find tickets, tickets and uh, a little synopsis about the play. The play is outstanding. I cannot highly recommend the play enough. I can also not recommend the play of Griffin McCorgle. That's a play that Griffin themselves wrote about. Uh, it's great. You should really read it. All right, next time on Are Your Parents Proud of You, we have Tony Pellegrino, actor and bartender extraordinaire. If you want to keep uh, stay up to some updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us at parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Matthew Schufreder. I can't stop. I won't stop, but I will because it's the end of the episode. I'll see you next time.